From 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, I'm Jordan Lee. And I'm Piet Levy, music writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Every week we talk about music coming into Milwaukee and the music coming out of Milwaukee. This is Tapped In. Hey, Piet, how you doing, man? Great, Jordan. Less than a week away now. Summerfest is coming. 51st year. Can you believe it? The world's largest music festival is about to kick off in just under a week. And uh, there's no doubt we're going to be talking about some of our favorite selections as the festival lasts a full 11 days on Milwaukee's lakefront. Yeah. So I thought as it's going to start before our next segment airs, we should maybe get into opening day now and talk about what we're excited to see on Wednesday the 27th. Yeah, let's do it. Let's start with headliners. Let's each do a okay. headliner pick, do an up-and-comer, okay. right. and a local pick. Okay, well, I'll begin if you yeah, don't mind. Yeah, For me, I'm very excited to see Grizzly Bear this year. I've seen Grizzly Bear before, and I've actually seen them outside of Milwaukee as well. So I know they put on a great show, and uh, they're going to be headlining this year on the Briggs and, Briggs and Stratton Big Backyard. And if you just want a good band to rock out with, hold a nice cold beer, enjoy the lakefront breeze, and be impressed by their caliber of uh, technical ability, Grizzly Bear does not disappoint. Yeah, it's, you know, they have a lot of power, and, and their music's just really beautiful. Uh, and they released an album last year, Painted Ruins, which is uh, really shows that it's been 10 years, I think, since their, yeah. their big breakout. Yeah. And that album, Painted Ruins, is still really, I mean, it's strong. It holds this up This band strong. is still is strong. So even with new material, it's very strong. Um, that, was my, that was my pick. But uh, another headliner that I think will be interesting to see is Imagine Dragons mm. uh, playing at the American Family Insurance Amphitheater. That band gets uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of flack for kind of jumping around in genres. And, yeah. you know, it's a rock band. It's not really a rock band. But whatever. It's, it's a band that knows how to be anthemic and, cre- you know, create a big crowd-pleasing spectacle. As you may recall, too, the last time Imagine Dragons played Summerfest, it was at the Miller Light Oasis five years ago. Uh, Radioactive had blown up everywhere. And it was so crowded that day. It was like a beautiful Saturday night. So crowded that Summerfest actually let 7,000 people in for free to reduce the congestion. It was like one of the most infamous things that ever happened in the big gigs history. So now they'll be in a, an appropriately sized venue. <laughs> well, let's talk about those artists who aren't going to be at the amphitheater and maybe are up and comers. Um, what are your What is your pick for uh, an artist that maybe is under the radar that folks need to go see at Summerfest? Well, what I think is interesting too is that you know they've got an EDM night with uh, Alesso performing on the Miller Light Oasis stage. Uh, but at eight thirty, I think this is interesting that they got Party Favor there. Party yeah. Favor is a very versatile um, producer. What's interesting is that Summerfest in the past with their EDM it's been very kind of you know you know house kind of pop right. sort of stuff and a party favor can really be really heavy really really heavy which I think is surprising and it's interesting too a lot of times they've had a really good electronic DJ but nothing before them that made any sense yeah you would yeah. have like a cover band and then the DJ would go on sure. now you've got this nice stretch of great EDM that whole night yeah exactly and I think for party favor I mean it's really it's probably one of the hardest hitting DJs they've ever had there I think it's interesting that they they went that route and they took a little bit of a risk there. I would completely agree. I'm going to pick Caroline Rose. Uh, we've been playing her music here at the station. I've really started to fall in love with her sound and I haven't seen her perform yet. So this is one of those ones where I'm going to be you know, excited to see what she brings to the live stage. I mean, I'm in love with her music and uh, she's doing good things, but I haven't seen her show. This is the first time I'm going to be able to see her here in Milwaukee. I love that album Loner, uh, which I think came out earlier this year. Yeah. It's just so good, so good. So I can't wait to hear those songs live. I'll be there for sure. I'll also be, uh, let's talk about local. Yes. Uh, I'll be at Robin Pluer's set uh, cool. with the R&B uh, Coquettes. Um, and she'll be playing at the Clements Beer and Sausage Garden. Uh, Robin, obviously, is a veteran musician. Anyone that follows the music scenes, I'm sure, seen her scores I think I've times. seen Robin every summer of my life. Yeah. <laughs> 
since I moved to Milwaukee in the late 90s. Yeah, yeah. So she's been around, obviously, playing for years and years. What I think makes this an interesting show, especially, is it's uh, she'll be the first headliner for a brand new stage, the Clements Beer and Sausage Garden. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a local stage that felt, you know, they, Kinda, through yeah. sponsorship yeah, reasons, yeah, yeah. it didn't happen anymore. Um, now there is a dedicated local stage again, and it's going to be focused mostly on, like, acoustic music, kind of a chill set and environment. Really interested to see what that environment's going to be like. Um, so, yeah, 6 o'clock. I think my strongest local pick is going to be Greatest Lakes. These guys have continued to impress me. They're at the Briggs and Stratton Big Backyard right before Grizzly Bear. I think this is going to be a good chance to just stay at that stage yeah. and be impressed. I mean, these guys sound like a local band that came... There's no, there's nothing local about their sound. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's also they make just really beautiful, ambitious, adventurous music. And it's such a perfect pairing with Grizzly Bear. It's just perfect. Well, I want to remind you, the JS Online Summerfest schedule has been my tool to go through and pick my selections. You should tell us a little bit more about how this tool works. It's yeah, really please uh, check it out. You can find it at jsonline.com slash entertainment slash Summerfest. Um, you go to the, the schedule. You can look for headliners. We have bios for all the headliners. You can look by stage, look by genre, uh, which I'm really excited we have. Uh, I have my picks on there. You can kind of select what acts you want to see. We've also designated local acts, too. So you, if you want to go and support local music, which you should, I mean, it's a huge festival, but a lot of local talent at this festival, you know who the local acts are to see that you can see again and again and again and fall in love with. So Jordan, well, you know, in coming weeks, we'll talk about specific Summerfest picks, but mm-hmm. looking at the overall lineup, all 800 acts, yeah. a couple things stand out. To me, I think this is the most political Summerfest we've seen, uh, and also uh, there aren't a great representation of women. This is something that we see at a lot of festivals. So let's get into that in a bit. Coming up next on Tapped In. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. That's just the way you make me feel. We're back. It's tapped in every week. I, Jordan Lee from 89 Radio Milwaukee, am joined in studio by Piet Levy of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And we're talking about the artists that come into our city. We're talking about the artists that come out of our city. And without a doubt, there's no time when more artists are coming into our city than during Summerfest. And Piet, you've had some really great conversation with me about the fact that you know, when we're, we we can't separate the art from what's happening in society. In fact, a lot of times the art that we enjoy at things like Summerfest is a direct reflection of what's happening in America. And right now, we're in a very tense time. We're talking about subjects maybe we as a society have not really opened up and talked about as much. Yeah. And this is maybe one of the most politically leaning Summerfest lineups we've seen ever in the history of the festival. Yeah, I, I think it is. Now, it's a huge festival. There's 800 acts. There's, right. there's plenty of cover bands and a Escapist, yep, uh, plenty of opportunities for escape. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like Summerfest has never been political. I remember seeing Neil Young a couple years ago, and it started with guys in, in yeah. you know suits kind of sp- you know spraying fake pesticide yeah, on the yeah, stage, yeah, yeah. commentary on Monsanto. Um, so the, the, politics and music has been intertwined you know, forever. Yes. Uh, but just given the times that we're in and given the kinds of music artists are making right now um, – it just does seem like the most political Summerfest that I that I can recall ever ever seeing and covering. You've got artists like uh, Janelle Monae who has you know who's talking about kind of Black Pride and and female empowerment and you know has some new Trump references in there on her latest album Dirty Computer. You've got Kesha mm-hmm. you know who whose song Praying really kind of became one of the main songs of of uh, the Me Too movement. Yes. Uh, you know you've got Milk whose whose song Quiet was literally a song that was part of the the first Women's March and was performed as flash mobs. 
jobs around DC. Yes. After that, she got signed to Atlantic Records That's right. by this powerful song that also became kind of a, the soundtrack for this major social movement. Um, Jason Isbell is touring behind very topical new new songs where one of the songs is really talking about how he lives in a, in a white man's world and yep. talking about you know the, the privilege that he has and you know trying to open other people's eyes as his eyes have been open to how it's not a just world often for people of color for women um so the fact that all these artists are playing at summerfest and and others too uh and they're saying things that really are tied to the times i think is really significant something to really keep an eye on i i agree i I think it's probably every action has an equal and opposite reaction Mm -hmm. you know so i I always looked at it that way as the artists are you know they are the mirror that we look back at when 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 society is going through change i mean this has happened in our parents generations and it happened in our grandparents generations so there's no surprise there but another topic that you touched on that i really wanted to hit on here was uh gender inequality we have talked a little bit on the segment about festivals being a little bit less well not a little bit a lot bit leaning towards uh, male dominated headlining uh we talked about that with Lollapalooza and now we're looking at Summerfest lineup it is kind of in the same boat this is a this is an issue pretty much everywhere um but if you look I you know kind of crunched the numbers with with Summerfest and looked at all the headliners mm-hmm. uh roughly about 23 percent of all the headliners have a, a woman in the group uh um, so that's not saying the, it's a front woman or, or the lead, like something like Janelle Monae. You're talking about there's even like a bass player or a keyboard player in the band. That's correct. Like, yeah, that's kind of how I broke it down. I was like looking at it and see, okay, which which bands have women in the, in the band, in the uh-huh. main primary band, or it's a it's a female a solo artist like yeah. Janelle Monae. Um, so yeah, it's about 23%, which is slightly higher than it was last year, which I think last year was like 21%. So it's, it's slightly higher. And you've got, you know, some of those artists on there are really on the front lines and in terms of, of creating awareness about mm-hmm. gender issues like Janelle Monae, yes. like Kesha, like Milk, uh, like Halsey. Right. So there there is a lot of that too. I mean, I think it's a very strong lineup and, and the things I'm most excited about, uh, many of them are, are female artists this year. I mean, they're just, they're really just killing it. Uh, those artists in particular, I really want to see uh, at Summerfest. Um, but yeah, and this isn't an issue at Summerfest exclusively. Right. We talked about Lollapalooza didn't have any female headliners this year. If you looked at the main lineup poster, it took like four or five lines before you had like St. Vincent on there yep. and and. Uh, Mia Cabello, um, you know, Coachella, you know, kind of the premier music festival yes. in the world this year for the first time ever had a black female artist headline with yep. Beyonce. Uh, and it took, you know, years and years, you know, decades for that to happen. Um, what's interesting is that we're, we're, we as a society, I think, are really recognizing this yes. more and more. And there are some moves happening within the industry that I think will lead to change. I think it'll take time. But the fact that that this is being brought up by by artists, even like Halsey called out Governor's Ball for being right. very male heavy. Yeah. Um, the fact that that's happening, I think, bodes well for the future in terms of some equality. Well, the question was asked of us, uh, not or not of us, but in a conversation I was having recently about efforts we have, and someone said, well, you know, why are there so few women involved in this initiative? Um, and we were talking about our backline initiative, mm. and we were talking about professionals that we wanted to bring in to work with artists here in the city of Milwaukee, and we we're listing pros that we knew from all different uh, um, disciplines. We're talking about legal and, and booking and management and so on and so forth. And I had to drop the hard fact that, you know, that industry, the music industry on a professional level is, is is a single digit percentage women running anything. I mean, you're talking about high level CEOs. You're talking about managing producers. This is a single digit percent. Uh, and so this is something that 
it's been addressed. And, and the question is, can we just at least have half? You know, I mean, I think yeah. that's the thing that I'm constantly trying to think about myself here as well. So I guess to say that this is on par with everybody else, you could say that that's an excuse and that's good enough. But yeah. I would also challenge everyone who's involved in these decision making processes to hold themselves to a higher standard. Yeah. And I talked to, you know, I have a story that's going to be up at jsonline.com slash music where I talk to people who, who, who recognize um, that. There, there need to be better standards. And, and this is a, a, an industry-wide issue. It's mm-hmm. not like one festival issue or even a festival issue. Um, USC um, did a study earlier this year, right before the Grammys, where it looked at, uh, in, recent, in the last few years, like more than 90% of the Grammy, I believe, nominees yeah. were men. Um, so that was something that, you know, came out right before the Grammys. Um, th- this is just a big issue kind of everywhere. And and talking to people, they're like, this needs to be something that people really look at and address, you know, from, from A&R people and radio people making sure they support female artists yep. as well. And, you know, talent people, you know, when they're booking festivals, try to, to try have some female artists as, as some of their up-and-comer yep. slots on the, on the lower parts of the bill. Um, these are just things that, you know, everyone should kind of keep in mind. And there are uh, p- uh, players in the industry that are doing this. Um, Live Nations created the, the Women Nation Fund yep. that's going to try to support some projects. Yep. There's a, a petition, an initiative uh, that's over in Europe, but Shirley Manson from Garbage is part yes. of it, trying to get festivals to commit to uh, 50-50 gender balance. Yeah. And uh, tons of festivals, I think like over 50 festivals have signed on for that right. to try to reach that in five years. So it is being addressed. It is being talked about. It is an issue. And it's going to continue to be an issue probably for a while, but it's an issue that needs to be addressed now. And thankfully, some people are doing that. Hopefully, more and more people will continue to do that. Absolutely. Well, as always on this segment, we encourage you to get involved in the conversation. So you can leave comments. And of course, you can get us at uh, any social media handle you'd like, Radio Milwaukee, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, however you connect. And, uh, you know, send us messages. Uh, We want to hear from you. We want to know your comments and your opinions on the subjects we cover on Tapped In. I remind you that Tapped In is produced. Produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from your membership. You can subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, on iTunes, or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Piet, I'll see you next time for Tapped In. See you next time. See you next time.